0: Everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society Podcast. My name is Chet, and I am your host. I'm back after a couple weeks off. I didn't mean to take two weeks off, but I took one week off, and then that turned into two weeks. I am desperately painting away on a, a solo show called Zombie Death Bots that I'm doing at Copper Gallery in October. If You can see a piece right here if you're watching on YouTube behind me and uh, I just uh you remember this show you remember I was talking about this how I, I'm sure I was talking about this on the podcast how I'm going to start early I'm going to start six months early seven months early eight months early well it's now two months away and I have to paint these damn things but the thing is I have a new technique I have been working on them I started like three months before the show and that's just because That's what happens every time because I always have to hustle for money and it just gets pushed back and pushed back. So here I am again. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I need some extra time to paint for the show. And, um, you know, getting into the NFT space and getting back into digital really helped me to discover this new uh, technique that I got for setting up my comps in Photoshop and working out all the bugs in Photoshop and then painting studies and then painting the paintings. And it works really, really well. And um, so I'm kind of excited that that came out of this. So, sure, I've only got two months. But um, with this new technique I got where everything's laid out, everything is a hundred percent worked out, uh, in Photoshop. It's really the paintings go a lot faster. So, uh, and it's not as many paintings that as I normally do, it's like nine paintings, not a ton of, not a bunch of big ones either. So anyway, that's why I had to take two weeks off and, uh, I'm good for next week. The week after that, I'm not too sure. I might have to take another week off. We'll see how it goes. Um, today we have Gabe Leonard, friend of the show. Gabe Leonard, he went to an a, an NFT conference, and I want to ask him about that. We had a really good discussion about that, and um, interesting to hear about. It's you know, NFTs are slowly be becoming mainstream. The market's terrible right now, so. Um, I haven't been really doing anything in it mostly cuz I'm working on my show but also cuz the market's horrible cuz the economy's horrible. But um it's still, you know, it's still valid. It's it's, you know, in, in if if you're part of the art world, it's something you got to know about even if you're not into it because it's coming into the art world more and more big auction houses and fine art blue chip galleries are getting involved. And so it's here to stay, I think. Anyway, had a great discussion. We don't just talk about NFTs. We talk about a lot of um, just regular art stuff and career art, career stuff. It's always fun talking to Gabe. So that's coming up. Um, Our sponsor is skull shop skull shoppy. S K U L S H O P P E. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this cool kid skull. I have, I love these skulls. All my skull reference. If you see a painting and it's got skull reference, it's a skull shop skull. Um, if you join at the $5 and above level, they are giving away a skull a month. And, um, I still haven't gotten hold of Jennifer Steck. <laughs> you have a skull waiting, Jennifer. If you if you um, want it, your name was drawn. I guess if you you don't get in touch, maybe we should do another drawing. But um, yeah, we'll we'll let's see. Since I took two weeks off, we have to figure it out because I know a few people raised their pledges on Patreon to the five dollar level. I'm sure it was to um, try and win a skull. So. This July's will likely go deep into August before we do the drawing, I think. Anyway, um, if you want to join the Dark Art Society Patreon, um, you can go to patreon.com slash Society. You can join for as little as a dollar a month. We have different levels of tiers and um, get your name read on the show like I'm about to do. And um, I had quite a few new subscribers. I was surprised. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to, and again, if you join at the $5 and above level, you you get in, in, in uh, entered into this little contest to win a skull. And the skulls are awesome. They look totally real. I'm looking at it right now up close. I look absolutely. I've got a real skull over here. I've got a Skull Shop skull right here. And you literally can't tell the difference. They're really amazing. They're cast from real skulls. Anyway, uh, new Patreon subscribers. Okay. Uh, I need glasses so bad. Sebastian Berantes. Barante- Thank you. Luke Craft. Thank you. Oh. uh, uh Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Summer Rain. Thank you, Summer. Rich Page. Ian Loam. And Phil Worth. Thank you all for supporting the podcast. This is how it happens. This is how it gets done. Um, It's from your contributions. And uh, thank you for doing that because now... everybody can listen to it for free because of you all supporting it financially. Um, What else is going on? Um, I know something's been going on. I've been getting into this guy, Mitch Horowitz lately, really cool stuff. I won't say anything beyond that, but um, really great uh, occult manifestation type guy with some really great insights and into this whole st- whole thing. So if you're into that sort of thing, he's really great, really amazing. And um, let's see. That's it. <laughs> let's get on with the Gabe Leonard interview. It's not a super long one. It's only just a little over an hour because I got to get back to painting. But I didn't want to leave you hanging for another week. so All right, here we go. With Gabe Leonard, I hope you enjoy it. What's up, Gabe?
1: What's up, Chet? What are
0: you What are you eating there?
1: Gum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Always good to <laughs> to be chewing gum on a on a, a podcast interview. No, you, <laughs> no, you,
1: you, Just for you, I'm my I was giving you shit. You,
0: I was giving you shit. You could chew gum on my podcast any day.
1: Oh, wow. Thanks, man. <laughs> friend of the
0: show, Gabe Leonard. That's that's your title, you know, friend of the show.
1: As long as he's not chewing gum. <laughs> so how are I you bringing enough for everybody? That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How's it going?
1: Going good. I'm a little fried and tired and and like I need a vacation I think at some point
0: yeah I don't think I've had a vacation (laughs) in 10 years
1: yeah I mean I went camping in January and that was like the only true vacation I've had in a while yeah I go do stuff but it's like everything I do involves me drawing or working or thinking about my business and like I need a a mental break yeah like a physical break it's like i'm always in the studio i'm sitting here I'm like i'm just <laughs> but then i don't know what i want to what else i want to do so like...
2: <laughs> yeah i know
0: i know how it is man it's like it's such a grind oh, it's, so it's tough, a man, grind guys. so <laughs> tough <laughs> it you know it's just like you know my theory is always you can't win because there's always it doesn't matter no matter what situation you get in it's there's going to be all these things you don't want to deal with it's yeah uh, but i'm not i'm not complaining though because i know people got way worse than i do that's for oh yeah
1: yeah 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 you're talking about the shit sandwich theory yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) everybody's got a shit sandwich
1: yeah and mine mine's all right i'm no, it's chewy right now.
0: <laughs> you managed to, to to get it down.
1: <laughs> no, that's the problem. It's not going down. It's just like really chewy, you know. <laughs>
0: that's disgusting. So anyway, well, you went um uh for pe- people who don't know, everybody knows Gabe. Everybody on the sh- who listens to the show knows Gabe. He's one of the great artists of our of our times here. And um,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, uh, it's true, it's true, and uh, uh, you know we started doing NFTs around the same time. We kind of got into it at the same time, and now we're uh, experiencing the bear market at the same time. And yeah. um, uh, so we've kind of been <laughs> going, going on this yeah. journey together. That the ups and downs, and um, uh, and you just uh, you just went to a, a, a an event, a two day yeah. event. All about NFTs, and I know it was um, you got some insight from it, so I thought it'd be fun to talk about that. Um,
1: yeah, just to... I just got back from a Future Shape 360 event put on by MetaNoise, and, and, and it was, uh, what but, was
0: it? It was like a bit. It was huge, right?
1: Well, it was a conference. Um, so I haven't been to a lot of NFT events. I've been to a couple of parties put on by different projects and stuff. But uh, from what I understand, like the bigger ones, like the NFT and NYC or NFTLA, there's so much going on and it's so spread out that it's hard to like really absorb it. It's just too much.
2: Yeah, I've heard
1: And that. there's <laughs> lots of varying quality of presentations and all that stuff. So this was designed as a way to have um, an event where the panel discussions and thought leaders were kind of all giving presentations in the same location it was easier to manage if you're a participant of the event so and i think it was really focusing on people that are trying to build things and they incorporated a whole bunch of wide variety of uh operators in the nft space from individual artists and fine artists and digital artists to like Brand managers and people are trying to help big corporate brands get into the NFT space, and people that are doing projects like you know developers and and uh, so it's a wide range of things. And so you got you know you got to experience and meet people in person in a way that you just can't do on Twitter or other social media. Right.
0: So let me ask you this, um, because for people who aren't uh, in the NFT space right now there's a huge bear market. The market's terrible. Like it's bad. It's bad. It's like stuff isn't really selling and people are getting bummed. And the people that kind of came in right before the bear market, like are leaving. And it's kind of like, it's just taken this huge downturn. Um, uh, and you know, I, I've, for me, it's always been an extra. It's like one more branch on the tree of a, an art career. It's, to to use like prints or whatever so i'm not so tied to it but i'm also not as um just having been in it for so you know this amount of time for so long for a whole six months um uh you know i've seen the 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 side that people don't like about it which is like the crypto bros and the assholes and the scammers and there's so much of that so so it's i just want to clarify i'm still really excited about the technology and the potential that it could be used uh with artwork totally into it still but i'm a little more i've come down to earth a little bit more because i've seen all the stuff that i've heard people complain about and it's really disgusting it's really ugly it's like some of the people in there are just like you know you would never want to have any kind of connection with them because it's like oh man this is like worse than high school but
1: um but uh well that that's true in like the real world business of art too but and yeah but that's
0: that's more on the i think on the level of the higher level concentrated
1: it's super concentrated in nft stuff right now
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So you, you know it's really attracting um you know, people that are savvy business people that see the opportunity for money to be made, like anything, anytime you are able to create ownership of something new, I think there's going to be people coming into that area mm-hmm. to try to sell it to you or to try to buy it and own it and then resell it. So there's, there's just a lot of people, I think, trying to figure out what to do with this right. technology and how to use it. So like, uh, if you view NFTs as a tool rather than a um, thing to sell, like
0: a thing the, in and of itself.
1: The, yeah. The problem that it's, that it addressed for digital artists was it now allows them to sell their digital art with a proof of ownership. Right. So it, yeah. it basically you're in, you're creating a, in, uh, for lack of a better word, encrypted to- token that is recognizable and unique. And you're able to, um, take your art and make it unique by putting like a serial number or a stamp on it somehow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, you know, of course you could take a photograph of that and, you know, you can copy and paste it somewhere, but, you know, you could take a photograph of my painting on a wall and put it online too. So it doesn't stop people from doing that sort of thing. Right. Um, I, so it's what I, what I was getting as it gives, it gives digital artists who are people that are just solely digital, a way to monetize their art without having to, you know like work for game companies or work for uh, studios or other people that are using digital art for bigger projects that's right. kind of where i see the initial problem solving that it has
0: yeah absolutely um i so i i wanted to start off with one thing i i because i talked to you for a few minutes earlier about this um convention or whatever con- conference and uh I was wondering what the vibe was at the place since you know since the market's so bad right now. Was there like were people still like hyped or w- were people yeah like people
1: are excited? I mean, the people that are going to an event like this are people that are that are in it for reasons outside of the money, right? And not everybody is like people. You know, you say called. Know, we always use. It's kind of a weird thing. We are always using like banking terms for this business. Mm-hmm. but so um the people that are in it not everybody is not making money there's people still selling stuff
2: and right. still
1: happening so it's there's there's a few types of people that i see you know in, a, in an event like this one it's like the just a regular artist you know like visual artist or traditional artist, whatever that they, they make art right mm-hmm. right they're not trying to like you know solve any other problem other than trying to sustain themselves with their art right. and put their art out into the world. Right. Then there are um, business people who are looking for ways to do startup businesses. And I, there's a couple of things they're doing. One of it, it seems like sometimes it seems like they're coming in with a logo and they're trying to figure out a business around it. Right. And like, there's a lot of people just trying to figure out what can they do. With uh, creating um, uh, a user base and, a, and, a, and a, it's almost like they're trying to replace traditional social media marketing and social media uh, platforms mm-hmm. with, with the ability to directly connect and, and sort of own your audience maybe. Like you know, instead of like uh having an you know a Facebook or an Instagram where you're trying to get people to go to your website and sign up for an email address where you then are sending them emails. They're they're trying to create things that uh get people connected together in smaller groups and more mm-hmm. private groups and organizations. And so they're they're doing things, you know, like clothing companies and record, you know, musicians. I saw a lot of uh, people really addressing um the music industry and some of it on the film industry where you have lots of complicated uh, intellectual property entanglements with lots of people involved in a project so like Mm -hmm. if you're producing music and records you have you know writers different musicians producers then you have the labels and 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 stuff that inject a lot of money so you can produce that stuff Uh, and so they're really looking at the technology of blockchain and, and nfts as a way of turning that distribution model upside down right so like they'll make music and then they won't be able they can't send it out to their fans or do anything with it because the label's own the music the rights to it and the ability to distribute it and if they don't see a way to you know to make money or if they start getting greedy and demand too much money they can kill projects they can kill your connection with your with your collectors and your audience and so there's like there's sort of a a barrier but without them, you are just a guy in your basement making your music. And right. with them, you get on a stage, but then you can't, then in the background, connect with your audience, uh, send them music, drop a music, let them use your music for things, all that kind of stuff. So this is allowing for that. By, for example, for music, uh, there was a guy talking about how he created a beat put it on his discord and and anybody who bought the nft could use that beat make a beat to go make something to go with it Hmm. but they would have to go in the discord and submit it and it got voted on and the best ones would get passed on and so they're using us to build and 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 create things in in more of a collaborative way yeah that,
0: that to me that's like the exciting and interesting thing about this technology is stuff like that it's like it's not when you know some. Idiot just makes like a different version of an ape <clears throat> that this yeah. or or a different version of a PFP project that's like oh we got to do it like an ape because that that made a lot of money it's like that is like the worst shit ever that's like you know that's like working in the movie business where they where they don't allow real inspiration and creativity because it's all based on what has sold in the past it the yeah stuff that's, that's a ex-
1: bit- that's yes, yeah, the business mind and people coming in and seeing right, it already working right, and just right. trying to repeat it but but the thing again, about yeah. you know
0: but the thing about any gr- big successful project is that um generally you know the ones that come kind of up from nowhere are, are they don't you know they're they are i I don't want to say that bored apes are inspired but it's like projects like that usually are just like hey let's do this cool thing i guess the crypto punks were the first thing that to do that where it was yeah, like just so those early piece on of artwork.
1: those early on projects um they got people the people that are part of that and bought into that are are really excited about it. i think the early on successes are probably going to remain that way just because they were the firstest right, the most, right
0: right yeah but it's like you know i'm i guess my point is I'm excited about seeing people use the technology for new things rather than, you know, let's do something that's kind of like that thing that was successful. It's like,
1: <sighs> yeah, so yeah. if if I you come into this space and your objective is making as much money as possible, you're going to end up doing those sort of things because people will do what they think is going to make money. Yeah. And, the, and that doesn't necessarily breed a lot of creativity. It breeds repetition on what's already worked. Even if it doesn't work as good as like board Yacht club, it works good enough to make them some money. But there's also a lot of, because this is new space uh, in business and finance, and there's no regulation, it creates a lot of room for charlatans to come in, mm-hmm. hype men, to, you know, performers and actors and, and people just full of hot air to come in and blow a bunch of smoke up your ass.
0: Yeah. There's plenty um, of those
1: yeah so it's it's rife with a lot of that there are really some a number of really smart and creative people on in every aspect of the space i think Mm -hmm. um i think it's when you start meeting people in person it starts to become apparent who the people that are (laughs) a lot of hot air and not a lot of substance are because
2: yeah
1: at some point you you have to be able to like do more than just hype yourself or hype your project you can't rely on the hype solely to carry it past the initial stages. Yeah. So like, like I can go back as an example in in my career, when I got into a bunch of galleries, I had a management team that was like doing a bunch of hype and it was a a lot of it was smoke and mirrors and it was really frustrating for me. But the thing is, is if your work doesn't start selling, you know, you have to deliver that the artwork it has to deliver whatever you're, whatever you're bringing to the market has to sustain itself and if it can't do it on its own merits, eventually the, yeah. the, uh, the, the story and the hype and the uh, mystique and all that stuff starts to sort of fade and dissipate away. So it, it might take time for that to happen. But I think you're going to see more and more of that happen as, you know, people start complaining about rug pulls, which is basically people starting a project, getting a bunch of money and then just vanishing with the money, mm-hmm. there's, you know, because there's nobody holding anybody to account and that kind of thing. We're all sort of policing ourselves. There was a lot of talk about anonymity in the space, especially from the women's panel. They were talking about, you know, people being able to track your assets and being able to follow you and see what you own and, and ha- possibly hassle or harass you or mm-hmm. judge you or treat you differently because they recognize who you are. So there's a case to be anonymous so you're not treated less than another group of people because you're a woman or you're a minority or you're some other thing that um, people are going to have a judgment about. Mm-hmm. Then they in that same panel they're also talking about how they are leery about working with anonymous developers and and people in their projects because, mainly because how they you trust but, them. <laughs> yeah, so if that they so that's the thing is like you know they will ask well why do you want to remain anonymous and it's like because if the, the project goes sideways I don't I don't want my name attached to it. And so they're, they're one of their things is like, you don't want to get people on a project. Mm-hmm. You want to be developing something you want your name attached to. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, Where's the incentive for,
0: there to make sure the project's amazing.
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot of people, there's, a, there's, a, there's reasons to remain anonymous. You don't want to be harassed or different things like for collectors and stuff. They don't want to be yeah. hassled by people. They don't want to be tracked down and doxxed. But at some point, like if I'm doing business with someone and I can't, Tell who they are. I don't know their like I don't I can't meet them or I can't know their name. Like, yeah, it's like I don't really want to do business with that person. I yeah. you know, like I'm I've been doxxed my entire life. Like yeah exactly. <laughs> so That's <you>. the- <laughs>
0: exactly. That's why it was it was weird to come into the space and see all these people under like pseudonyms. pseudonyms. And, and uh no no way of kind of like looking them up beyond that. And I just have always taken the exact opposite approach with my careers more like i'm totally out there and it's just a different approach but i mean i understand um that's the first thing i asked in a in a in a group thread of dark artists on twitter about why is everyone so hung up on anonymity and and the first person to say something was a woman female artist that said you know she doesn't want to get hassled by creepy dudes you know
2: yeah that's that's a a good reason
1: legitimate reason yeah (laughs) yeah i th- I think there are circumstances in which it's good to you know there's a good argument to remain anonymous, but when you're working on a project and asking people for money, I think that's probably not the, the time to be yeah. doing it
0: yeah right yeah.
1: or when you're when you've when you're doing things which has lots of influence and impact on other people's lives and you can't held be held accountable because you're anonymous for what you do or say in a space right I think that's you know something to think about too,
0: yeah. So how was the, I mean, you know, how, how was the, how was it? How was the whole show? Did you, did you come back feeling like good about things or Yeah, I I
1: I was, you know, it it gave me a much broader sense of what's going on in crypto and NFT stuff. And I, you know, I, I see that there's a lot of compelling uses for the technology. Uh, It was actually reaffirming. in a lot of the things I've been talking about with like, um, you know, I, we've talked about the sort of language around crypto and NFTs is too inaccessible and too confusing to people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of talk. So there's a lot of talk about like even stop using the word NFT. You mm-hmm. know, so like I've been looking at ways to use these this technology to create my certificates of authenticity for prints and originals.
2: Yeah, and great, basically
1: replacing my paper certificates with digital certificates, yeah. uh, which could which will which would be used to prove that you purchase something that you own that thing. And uh, when it happened that you got it from me and then it could be used like for insurance purposes, so to speak, like, so Mm -hmm. your house burned down, you would have a digital record on a global ledger that shows that you, they own this piece and they can verify with me if they need to. Like, so it's verifiable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. And it's, uh, there was another thing I was going to say, but now I can't remember.
0: (laughs) What was it? No, uh,
1: uh, there was some, there was
0: another, oh, you were talking, I, you were talking about using the technology to like keep track of uh, collectors and stuff as well. To,
1: and, no, to verify. So like when they're talking about building community and one of the sort of, you know, frustrating things I ran into was like, you know, I was like, oh, it's good to here." but everything you've done in the real world, forget that. Now you need to start completely all over once again. Like, right, like right. you, you know, like you need to go build a discord. You got to build your community. You got to, you know, like, you know, give back to the community. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's like, <laughs> you know, then I have all this, you know, I have knowledge about the art business and about being an artist. I have all these things I can contribute and help people with but they they don't give a shit they just mean like what are you going to do for us now that you're here like nothing nothing you did ever before matters this is all completely new and so that became frustrating and i realized i already have a community i have people who have collected my work mm-hmm. and so instead of like trying to sell nfts to people in a space who are trying to speculate and and then like They want to buy them from me cheap. So when mainstream comes in, they can turn around and flip it to my existing collectors. I decided I would mint NFTs on a, on a a more eco-friendly chain. And this they're giving them away to my present collectors from the past 20 some years Mm. and basically reaching out to people again and giving them something for free, which because they've already put money in my hand by, by, by buying my artwork. They helped me when I was super struggling and, you know, Selling in the street, a yeah. lot of these people.
0: Yeah, it's a good idea.
1: And then they have something that you know maybe they can try to sell, but it's like it's just like a more like a rewards program or just right. a thank you. It's like a, and plus it, it, it invites people to kind of become familiar with the technology and that sort of thing. They don't have to risk anything. All they have to do is download a, an a, an app on their phone to to, to have it. So it made it incredibly easy for people to get NFTs for me. Mm-hmm. if they've already bought my work for you know for example so basically i'm using it as a way of verifying my collector base so like if you have one of these tokens you are verified on the blockchain as being a collector of my work so it's like a prosperity or you know like a historical archive or documentation i've been viewing uh, nfts and blockchain as a way of archiving and documenting my work i i minted a, a sketchbook of mine an entire sketchbook as a pdf yeah, file
0: that's so cool
1: I'm thinking about doing that with a lot more sketchbooks, so people could, if they want, to go through and look at my my sketchbook ideas and where I was doing, like all the way from like 2000 up till now. I mean, I could go back to college and all that stuff too if I wanted.
0: Yeah, that's that's archive. Yeah, and that that that's that kind of innovative kind of um use that I'm talking about, creative ideas using the blockchain in a new way.
1: Once I got my mind, I, I what happened is I I started I took the idea of making money with this the money, the money question, I took that out of the equation. So if I if there was no money involved, what would I be doing with this? And that's what I kind of came to I would be like, using it to certify um, purchases of my physical art, I would be using it as a bundle to sell books, I would be using it to archive my work, not necessarily like those sketchbooks, I don't have them listed for sale. And I don't anticipate anybody wanting to buy them. I don't even know if I want to sell them, I just want them to be out there so people can see them. Right. One of the things that happens when you start putting things on the current setup of the internet is that websites change and links change and eventually images—they they just those files disappear. So what I'm looking to do is put my my artwork as the file on a blockchain, which until the global network of com- computers goes down, I I have it out there and it'll outlive me if this thing, you know unless our entire world burns up and global warming or something, but. <laughs> But if that's the case, it doesn't matter so yeah, true <laughs> so I'm looking at it as an archiving and, and documentation and then proof of uh, ownership and origin all that kind of stuff and basically using it for what you would normally use uh, a ledger for like an excel spreadsheet right but uh, this is this is a uh, you know my, and I use an Excel spreadsheet to keep track of inventory and all that stuff, but yeah. It, things happen to those and they get corrupted you have to go back and fix them and you know right. you can make mistakes with it just the same so um yeah I, that's how i see this going and and i i started thinking about like the, the box that artists are being put in in nft space they're being kind of there's like a scoreboard on all these platforms that you can sell nfts right there's there's a uh, there's traded volume like how much have you sold how much of your artwork is traded in volume, there's floor price like what's the entry point how how what's the cheapest you can buy the work at, um, and then uh, how many collectors you have or who's who's the collectors, and I started thinking about like well who does this benefit it has the artists trying to maintain this scoreboard and and they're judging and valuing themselves about how much they have out there and they're afraid to put more work out because what if it doesn't sell and they have a bunch of unsold work and then nobody's going to buy it. And so they, they're, they they're, they're trapping themselves into this weird box. And I don't think any of that matters to be honest. Well, I, yeah. I
0: think... I, well, that's kind of what you were saying too, about <clears throat> how it felt like a lot of, when you were, talking earlier, a lot of people are like, we have this technology, what do we do with it? You know, it's like, we don't know yeah. what to do with it really. So people are, um, Artists especially are kind of going like, all right, what, how, you know, especially people that just got into the, you know, the art business from NFTs, especially have no, no background in the the art, in the fine art world. They're like, they don't know, you know, because on one hand, people are like, you know, scarcity is what makes things valuable. On the other hand, other people are like, no you know it doesn't that doesn't really matter anymore it's a different world there's so many people out there to there's you, you can never make enough stuff to sell to everybody is kind of my attitude
1: yeah and it's when you're starting world. out when you're starting out to worry about scarcity is like kind of <laughs> a, it's like putting the it's definitely putting the cart in front of the horse right 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 like like my point of view there's a couple ways to go about it like you want to have a broad collector base i think because the mm-hmm. more people you have collecting your artwork, the less influence any one collector has on the value right. of your collection, yeah, or anything. So you you have a broad fan base. Because uh, what happens when you get into scarcity is usually when you get into like higher higher priced markets, like uh, limited editions, which I wouldn't suggest starting out until you have a big fan base for your work, right? Yeah, so when you get into that especially at high prices, there's fewer and fewer participants in your market. So if you're selling, you know, JPEGs or paintings for $15,000, $20,000 a piece, there's a lot less of those people around than there are for $10 and $20 versions, right? Right, right. And what happens is when there's very few people, there's less demand, and they start getting really fickle about, like, if it doesn't sell out, sell right away, they're like, well, we'll just see what the, until the next one comes on. They, they start getting, like, picky and choosy. Yeah,
0: right. Right. Um,
1: So if you don't cater to those people, then you don't have to worry about them, you know, hanging on their, the whims and fickleness of a few people.
0: Right. Yeah. So you
1: want to, you want to have like a thousand people that, you know, they're one one person's individual whims aren't, aren't as, uh, doesn't have quite the impact on you that, you know, a small group of people might.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is the, the approach I've taken my whole career really was, is, you know, especially being on social media and, building up as big a following as possible while maintaining my uh, own artistic integrity, you know, finding those people that really like what I do and, uh, and, and, and and selling, you know, wide ranges of, uh, you know, this is something I learned from you way back in the day when I was first starting my print career, it's like having a wide range of, Of price points so that you could bring everybody in instead of just having, you know, just only really expensive things. I had a guy just, um, I've, I've said it before. I've had, you know, big collectors just said like, stop. Like I had a guy recently, who was just like, I'm getting out of collecting, selling everything. I'm not collecting anymore, you know? And he was a big collector and it's like, but it's like, I've got a whole, uh, infrastructure of, People that are buying prints and all books and everything. Yeah, you have a
1: broad foundation of, of right of collect, collector base, and that's that's key. I mean, you don't have to have ten thousand collectors. If you have, you know, a hundred collectors or five hundred uh, collectors, I've like, got
0: I've got three hundred fifty around three hundred fifty people. It kind of goes up and down. People drop off. New people come on on my Patreon, and that's like.
1: Yeah that's your core group right there yeah
0: yeah those are the and it's like it was you know i initially started it as like oh, i gotta get off this hamster wheel if i could bring in money that i could count on every month that would be hugely helpful and, and that's what it did and it's great but uh as a side thing and it's like it was kind of funny because it didn't really occur to me until it started happening it's like i realized that um these are the core main people. It's like if I'm gonna worry about anybody, I'm gonna worry about those three hundred and fifty people on my Patreon. These people are sustaining me every month. And and it's not that that's not a huge amount of people. Three hundred and fifty people. It's like yeah. it's three hundred and fifty people that really are into what I do though. You know what I mean?
1: Then compared to like the hundred and twenty thousand followers you have on Instagram, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. What where, where it's like, you know, I'm getting way the, more from the three hundred and fifty people on Patreon than I am from the hundred and twenty thousand people, casual people on Instagram.
1: Well, that's that's the problem with every venue and every platform is they eventually change and become harder and harder to operate in.
0: Like, yeah, everybody's complaining fun. about Instagram right now. Every artist yeah. I know. Yeah. And
1: you know, the same thing with Facebook, it was MySpace and, you, and then and YouTube. And, then and even and... even on even the venues I sold in real life, they they change and they, they 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 usually they deteriorate mm-hmm. by change. You know like cuz that that's the nature of the world is entropy and things unless you're putting lots more energy into something they don't just get better, right? Right they they fall apart and and degrade over time. So that's what's going like, what's going on in the NFT space. Like I don't talk in terms of bear and bull market. I I phrase it as the tourists have gone home. It's like September's rolled around and summer's over and everybody went back to school and you're still out on the sidewalk and wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 the solution I found at that time was to go to where people are and sell there. And at the time I went to started going to college campuses and selling to students.
0: Oh, then that's when you really started making money. Right. That's when you, start... well, that's
1: when I was able, well, I was able to do it year round and then, then it didn't matter what time of the year it was. There was no bear and bull market there. There, there, was always sort of cycles, but I wasn't like, you know, killing it for a few months and then just like tumbleweeds and starving to death for the rest of the year. You know, All you right. got to figure out how to, how to, how to where, where to go with your work year round right uh the internet's there year round but the reason there's a bear market in crypto is because it's a bunch of charles schwab motherfuckers trying to come in and, and make money <laughs> you know <laughs> right right it, they think they're charles schwab and they're not they're like uh, they're just a lot of them are young young people who uh found something new and they they got lucky they bought into property they made a lot of money and and you know they, they're not business people. They don't know what they're doing. Not, not, a, all, not all of them. Some of them yeah. really know what they're doing. But, but there's a lot of people that are just, they l- looked into it. There's a lot of artists that I think that have been artists all their life, but they've never had the opportunity to m- make money with it.
2: Mm-hmm. They've had
1: real jobs or whatever. And all of a sudden, they found themselves in a situation where they were making more money off of their art than they ever did at their job. And so they, they quit their job which is what I did. I quit Macy's when I yeah. go <laughs> out in the street. Like, you know, at the time I was like, I'm making 300 bucks in the street in two days versus $200 in five days at Macy's. Like, and I, you know, the, obviously I, I went there and then, and then the tourists went home and then I was stuck.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe's and one I, of
0: Gabe's rules of life. No plan B. Don't have a plan. Don't have a backup
2: plan. <laughs>
1: It can backfire, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 yeah, I, I figured out how to scrape by, and I figured out how to go to other places. You have to go where the people are, mm-hmm. and I think that's what a lot of people are figuring out in, in the Web three space is that they're 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 wanting to take this to they're wanting to get the mainstream adoption, but I think they're making. Uh, they're doing it in an odd way they're trying to bring everybody into web three but it's like the web three culture is so bizarre to the most people that it, it's just a off. right and, and
0: and
1: what i think needs to be done more is bring this technology to where people are already at you got to go to you got to meet them where they are mm-hmm. right yeah and 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 that's and that's what i was getting at with like you know getting people who are collectors to download a wallet and just give them a free nft
2: right like
1: get, meet them where they're at i don't have to explain anything to them i don't have you know i don't have to like you don't have to get a coinbase wallet and an exchange and then connect a bank account and get all this different then have to get a different wallet to transfer funds like there's too many steps it's too complicated there's a bunch of different language and words you have to learn that don't make any sense right i mean when people say hey uh Go to my discord get on my whitelist so you can get a mint pass i'm like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) i still don't even know what they're talking about and i'm like i'm one of the i'm i'm barely like hip enough to understand like some of this stuff that they're doing and it's taken me eight months to fix like plus all the all the time we spent last year just learning about crypto right right they're not meeting people in 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 their in their understanding like they they need to speak a language that people understand i think there's a lot of push uh in the in the in the space for doing that to help make it accessible they're also really trying to figure out how to make this run in the background so it can be as simple as like using your apple pay at a a gas station to buy a diet coke or something it's got to be that simple right but it has to be trustworthy like it took a long a long time to build a a system that people would trust with their credit cards on their phone. Right. Right. So, but you don't have to know how that works, how it transfers money from your account to another place. You don't have to understand all that. Right. You don't have to understand the the sort of, uh, you know, nuts and bolts and gears that are moving. And right now that's what everybody in the space right now is, you know, kind of a techie. They have, you have to have some sort of technical understanding and. And, and knowledge uh, there's you know I think the people that people are doing well or there's a couple types of people that are doing re- really well in the space. people that come from a a, a marketing background uh, people that come from some sort of corporate uh, structure they understand you know business structures and incorporating and 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 especially if they're that plus marketing and people who understand branding and all that kind of stuff people who are techie, people understand mm-hmm. development, people understand Uh, computer coding and all that kind of thing um people who work in in, in, artists who work digitally those people are are trans you know they're translating easily into this more easily into the space than most artists like there's not a lot of traditional physical artists in the space those are they're 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 there but most of most of the artists i think are digital Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of focus i think from people in the space on traditional artists because they're so focused on what Everything's digital. They 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 don't mm-hmm. I don't think see the value in what traditional artists have to bring to the table. Um that's just the sense I'm I'm getting so far.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I um uh yeah, I
0: I, I feel like uh, um, I don't know, but for for me my perspective on it has been from the beginning. It's like, it's an opportunity for me to get back into my digital art. And, um, it, you know, from, from, a it's, it's, you know, cause like I've always said in how it is, you know, how it is as an artist is like, you always got to make money or at least I, I have to always make money. And it's just the way things are right now, which I hope yeah. to change soon. But, um, you know, so I can't just play around with digital stuff because it's fun you know it's like it's gotta somehow make some money somehow like if i make a print of the image or whatever but um so for me it's like the primary excitement is um oh i have i have a reason to do digital art again and it's and it's cool because it's sort of sparked my interest in it i I used um it inspired me to do digital mock-ups of these paintings i'm working on right now which was really like just changed my whole technique my painting technique which is cool um but uh so from that respect i kind of fit in with them to some degree you know With and and, it's like there's a place for that aspect of my work but at the same time it's like um I mean, I see that I see digital getting preferential treatment and it's like and, and I'm also like, yeah, they they've suffered for so long, not having any way to monetize their work. I think it's yeah. really cool. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, I think generally speaking, the traditional people are creating the best work. Um, not well, absolutely not absolutely true, but but a lot of the traditional artists are like doing really know. amazing shit.
1: Yeah, I don't know that they you know, traditional artists are doing better work because this is really fantastic digital art. But what yeah, the that's, digital, true. that's true. The, the, the digital artists aren't don't have as much uh, knowledge or skill base in it. Is the business of selling their artist fine art or being a being a fine artist and making the art for yourself that you then sell? I think that's where people like us come in with that sort of knowledge base that we have to offer and share to people. But I feel like. A lot of times, there's so much sort of like um, discounting or or wanting to look at traditional art as being irrelevant, like a relic, and not 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 uh, um, relevant to the current situation.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: think I think they're missing a lot of opportunity because, like, when I'm talking to these artists, I was there's some artists at the at the show, and I'm talking to them about like ideas about what to do next, you know, because they've quit their job and now the now now there's no sales and they're like, what do I do? Like I you know like and some of the things I tell them, it's like they've never even occurred to them to do these things. Like, you know, going out into the public and making your art a spectacle in public somehow and then giving away your QR codes and just like you have to get in front of people. You have to go, you know, forget and, and then and then you have the digital, you know, you, you bring the NFT stuff in into the into the mix after you get people excited about your artwork but you have to focus on the the, the art
2: yeah right? yeah yeah that's and i mean
1: it in front of people in a real way like there's it's so easy to access anything you want to through your phone that people don't value it as much right when they see it in person just it's the same thing of going to this event it's way more impactful than just trying to meet people on twitter like the the person the bandwidth of in-person interactions physical real world experiences is going to dwarf any sort of like digital VR thing like like I love VR because I can go on a space state the space station and look at earth you know mm-hmm. and it's mind-blowing but I, if I was able to go there in reality it would still be way more than any VR could do right right and, and go back to your point like for me I got a, v, a, a VR headset like a year or so ago and it was like holy cow I got a learn digital art I want to bring this experience of my art to people and and through the pandemic I started getting into 3D modeling to make references for paintings and different things and so I've been you know making all kinds learning all kinds of digital art stuff and incorporating it into my normal process and it does it streamlines a lot of things where I'm stuck on a painting I can't figure out what to do where normally I would stare at it for hours or days until a solution occurred to me now I can take a photo of it with, with an iPad and go into Procreate and actually draw on top of the painting and change things around and
2: yeah. figure
1: out what I need to fix. I'm like, oh, and then I have a plan. Then I go to my painting. So right. it, it makes things a lot more efficient in, in the work, you know, in, in producing artwork. But, you know, so I'm not so concerned with how to make money on digital art right yet. I'm I'm using the tool of digital art to help me produce my physical art. And then yeah, yeah. my thinking is, is after I do that, I have these digital art at artifacts that now I can then sell via uh, in an NFT marketplace if I want to at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's more, it seems like a more holistic approach. Uh, yeah. You, it's, it's, it's about the art. It, that's, it's like, this well, for is people the,
1: like us. It is. Yeah. You know, for, these, for these projects. It's not about the art. The art is like a logo or, or a brand cover. It, it's like, the art is like secondary. I mean, people like the art, but they're not they're not thinking yeah, about art like we're thinking. Yeah. They're thinking about art like the how cool the graphics are in a game, yeah, or or, or that kind of thing. Yeah. And so they're yeah, more concerned yeah. with like the the underlying uh, game they're playing, which a lot of a lot of the projects are using a, a game system, like creating games, things for people to get involved with and make it fun to interact with, and 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 that's where a lot of this community building is going on is in creating something that's entertaining and, and fun to be a part of with like-minded people. You want people on the same page as you yeah, know, and you get, to, yeah. you get to meet them through this project. And yeah. You I get, get to wear the t-shirts and you get to go out and he's like, Hey, we all got the same sticker. Right. And, it's that community, you
0: know, it's, community thing.
1: You, know, you have to remember a lot of these guys that were buying into the board of Yacht Clubs, they, they didn't have any money. They were like living in, you know, you know, in a, in a small apartment, you know, kind of broke working shit jobs and they, and but they were into tech and they were into crypto and all of a sudden this thing came out and it blew up and they're all riding this wave together. So they're like a like a like a family. You know, right, they they
2: right.
1: you know they don't know each other everybody. And then they got celebrities coming in and buying into their project. So they're they're like they're connecting and, and and being related to in a way they they haven't an experienced and, and with an opportunity and a new and a new sort of technology. And so they're super excited. And the people that have been in it for a long time, they aren't quite as phased by the, the downturn in crypto right now. Like they've been through it before.
2: Yeah, crypto
1: exactly. Crypto's bottomed out a couple of times, and so right, it's you know they're just like, well, what do we do? How do we, you know, um, get our shit together and figure out what the next thing is? And if we can't make as much money on it, what what can we do with it? And I think that's where a lot of people are in the space
0: right yeah i have to i have to backtrack and uh, you know i feel like as soon as i said that traditional artists are doing some of the best work i was started thinking about all these amazing digital artists it's like i i because it's like i think about like that i forget this dude's name uh this painter that does those minotaur head guys have you seen this guy like fucking renaissance master flemish master whatever level painting and it's just uh, i want to say let me see if i can look him up that's like you know i can't find him. sorry about that
1: whoever you are um well there's some digital artists i've seen on twitter that are doing like some really oh yeah paintings that, that look that, like physical painting that's well this, this is artwork.
0: my this is my point why i have to take take that back um is is you know I've seen people like you know this dude the Minotaur head guy and and some really amazing physical painters that are just painting things and digitizing them, but uh, there's also these you know some of the digital stuff is so I it's like it, it's some of it's like some of the best art I've ever seen it's 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 amazing and some of it is very like tech oriented. Like I yeah. saw, you know, these weird, like just abstract grids that look like realistic, but they're like rippling. They look like metal, but they're like little squares and they're rippling. It's like really, yeah. really, really cool abstract art in a way. But I guess what I should change that to what what I said to is that there, I mean, it has to be said that most of the art in the space is not good. You know, it really is. Most of it is not good. It's not like what? most. It's not like most of it's good. Wait, let, let me finish. It's like most of it's not good, and there's some on the kind of on the edges. There's some amazing, amazing, amazing stuff, but there's a lot of art that's just, man, it's bad. It's bad, yeah. uh, um, objectively bad. Yeah. And, and it's like, and it's, you know, it's because you know. Normally, I think people, you start an art career you learn how to do you learn your fundamentals you build your career it takes years and years and years you get good then you start showing your work and this was just like an opportunity for people to just jump right in and start making money and and i think that's um that's not good for them as artists as far as for a long term career to be showing work that's- yeah
1: well a lot of a lot of that will will wash out the people that can't hang in the long term just won't be able to and so you're you're you see a lot of what I see and when you're talking about bad art, it's usually, it's not that it's bad, it's bad, it's, um, they're people are rushing. Yeah. They're rushing to put things out for sale because it's like they're, you know, like they will do it as quickly as possible. So they get a new project out cause they want to, they, they want to make, make that money. And right. I, I understand that.
0: I know. Yeah. It's like, I'm sympathetic to it too. Cause it's like, I get it. They're hustling. They're doing the hustle. It's cool a, that they're able a, to do artwork for their hustle, you know.
1: You know, the, the, also the tools of digital art allow you to to do things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do unless you had the technical ability to to do it. Right. Like like the drawing and painting, like you can control Z, you can copy paste and work in different layers and symmetry. You know, <laughs> yeah, so I've been talking to a couple of digital artists about like my suggestion is to make a no control z one layer piece of artwork
0: right yeah and if you're
1: making on the ipad then you sell the ipad with it
0: oh that's a cool idea
1: because then you're selling the actual working file
0: what a great idea because
1: because everything else you're putting out there is just a copy of your i mean that
0: that's like a that's like a uh, that's an innovative idea right there you know that's the kind of stuff i'm really you can get a wall
1: mount for your how and just display that ipad with the working file on it with, right. with the name of the artist etched into the back or a qr code that refers back to the digital nft on the blockchain yeah have that's the working so cool because like, mm-hmm. like when we sell our oil paintings we're selling the working file we can't edit the painting yeah. after it's <laughs> out of our hands anymore right and in fact anybody who has the painting could go and paint on top of it and change it right right yeah so we don't, that, that that would be the equivalent to yeah. physical art sales and digital art sales. And that, then you sell your hard drive with it. Like you have an external hard drive that you're working files on. And when you finish the project, you sell them that hard drive.
0: Right. Yeah. That's the, and, and you that's, don't have any, back yeah, and, 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 you know, if prices go back up to what they were, you could do that, you know, for some pieces. No, I mean,
1: a, if you did that, it would be a reason for somebody to spend a lot of money on your art right. because they would be getting an iPad with it. <laughs>
0: an added bonus
1: yeah but the point being is there's lots of ways to go about doing new things and i i think you know from a business point of view as an artist what you want to do is make it as hard as possible for people to to imitate you
0: yeah for sure
1: or to keep or to copy you or do what you're doing you know like like i could go back to my boardwalk days like one example is is there were artists that were selling these giant blueprints of their artwork. They go to an architecture firm and have prints made from blueprint, blueprint machines.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they'd be beautiful, like purpley blue colored monotone, you know, black and like purple and white color that are awesome. They're giant. They'd sell them for 10, 20 bucks a piece and they just couldn't sell them fast enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was only one or two of them doing it. And, you know, I figured out how to do it. And, then I, and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And I was selling color prints. And I decided I would just stick with the color prints. But what happened is, Everybody figured out how to make those. And then everybody on the boardwalk was selling them. And then they weren't unique and special and you could get it from anybody. Everybody yeah. had the same. They yeah. had their artwork, but it was all in the same format. Well, I ended up getting a giant color printer and was able to make giant color prints, which nobody could do unless they had a lithograph made, which cost them $5,000. And then they had to store stacks of prints. Right. And so nobody could copy that because they couldn't, They they didn't reinvest their money back into their, technology into the printer and i i had the printer which right. <laughs> so i was the only one that i was the only one that was able to do it <laughs> and then i moved on to canvas prints and i was the only one on the boardwalk that had that too like and so you, it what it not only was the you know if you can't make if your art is something that's easy to you know somewhat easy to imitate or to rip off a stylistically you know then make something else that you're doing just more difficult for someone to follow along yeah, They have yeah. to like they have to put something into it, some work or some money or something. Yeah. You know, they have to do, they have to do the hard work to to, to be like you.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a great point. And that's, you know, that's a creative, uh, it's a problem in in need of a creative solution. And, you know, as artists, that's what we do. We come up with creative solutions for our, for artistic problems. It's like, we can apply that to, you know, how we present the artwork or what we need to do yeah. to make the artwork harder to copy or more unique or...
1: Well, I think that's why artists in general are going to find themselves more and more empowered in, in the NFT space. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I think they're getting sidetracked with is being just an artist solving other people's visual problems and and, and working for projects or working for other people They're doing the same thing that they've done in the Traditionally, as digital artists, right. it's sort of a hard mentality to break out of. But once you realize that the real value of what you do is owning your own work and owning the rights to your work. Right. Like I learned, like I was trying to get in with like, animation studios and doing illustration work. And I realized like they were always the, trying to pay you as little as possible and have as much ownership of what you're doing as, as, as can be. Like they want to own it all in perpetuity through the universe and every yeah. new developed technology ever invented. Fuck that. So if I own the artwork, then they they then that's where that's then I can do that with my own artwork. I can then make money off the rights to my work by not giving that away or letting somebody else have the rights to it. So that's that's one thing that I think. The other thing is like as artists, I think that generally what artists do is solve problems. They solve them visually or creatively, but but that comes to any other problem. You use your creativity to solve issues that are going on in your life. And I think um, as artists become more aware of themselves in the space, they're going to quit selling NFTs so much and use them and be more selective about how they sell them, not worry about, you know, what the investors are worried about. You know, like we don't, we're not concerned about nervous investors. Right, like you want people to invest in what you're doing but they but what they're doing is they're buying into your journey and you're bringing them along with you so when you succeed they succeed with you and they're they got these tokens you're rewarding them with things it could be access to you know like be giving them merchandise and stickers you know like we all give back to the people who are, are clicking from us one way or another
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know like you know a Kickstarter it's like raising Kickstarter pro- projects where people who come in are, are really about what you're doing Well buy into your project and they get a better deal and they get, you know, the people who got your book, for example, got a way more of a book than they, than somebody who waited till the book was published, you know? Right, right. So they got a way better deal than if they waited until it was published. So they get, get, you know, early access. And plus, you know, people are going to your Patreon have access to you and your knowledge and can talk to you. And, 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 you know, you can't have 5,000 people emailing you all the time. So you have to have some way of sort of setting a standard of, of accessibility so that you you're you're talking to the people who really care about what you're doing right and and right now i mean creating a monetary system is a way of creating that i guess but you know you don't have to like like you don't have to make that some sort of an expensive hurdle like yeah a dollar a do- a month, yeah you follow a, what you're doing
0: yeah a dollar it's like it's just yeah. there just needs to be some kind of barrier so you could use are... this
1: to do what Patreon is doing, but without the Patreon taking any cut from what you're doing, because you would be able to do it all on your own through a token.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And then and then people could trade those tokens. You could sell those tokens and have a certain amount of them. And then if somebody wanted to buy into your program, somebody wanted to like get, you know sell it, they could you know buy and sell those tokens, not to make money, but just to like transfer access to you know transfer uh, whatever it is that they're that they're that you're offering.
0: Right. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, we're, it's that's one one thing that they, that what they, that they always say is we're still early, and I do think it's true. It's like the technology is way early. I wanted to ask you too about um making uh sell selling uh um selling your work for crypto like online. Yeah, you you, you are you're thinking about somehow.
1: If somebody yeah. wants to pay with crypto, I'll accept it because you don't have to like if so it doesn't matter if crypto's done right now. I would just sell it in, in whatever the value of the dollar is to the crypto. Right. Like, so say it's Ethereum and I have a painting for four thousand dollars and crypto's at let's say Ethereum's at a thousand bucks, it's like a fifteen hundred or something. anyway. So it's four ETH, right? Well right. I can't shout out, I have my four thousand bucks. Right, yeah. Or I can keep it and maybe it goes up or goes down, I don't know. But the the risk in selling in crypto crypto isn't isn't too much of a deal to me it's just right now it's a cumbersome because you have to cash it out and, it, and the, whatever trans, transfer transfer right, that's not right. That yeah that, that wouldn't prohib- that's not enough to prohibit me
0: yeah no i want to do
1: it man i want to do it i i want to but right now people are would rather have the token than the art. It's like they would rather <laughs> Yeah, true <laughs> it's the same thing with money P- people focus on the money rather than what the money represents or what it does you know like like, you like you, you, there's Alan Watts talks about this a lot, actually. <laughs> He's like, yeah. you, focus on, you go to the restaurant eat and you're, and you and you eat the menu instead of the food, Right. <laughs> or you go to the grocery store and you buy a bunch of groceries and then you're worried because you don't have any of the money left, but you have a cart full of groceries, which is what you needed. It's like, right, right. The, the money is a measure of economic uh, potential. It's, it's not the objective. I mean, money sitting in a bank. Collect, it doesn't do is like it does nobody good right it's just sitting there doing nothing the, the purpose of money is to facilitate transactions right it's the same thing with with the, with the blockchain it's there to record and authenticate transactions and then to automate complicated transactions through smart contracts that's the purpose of it it isn't to yeah well the, the value it, of the token yeah. more expensive i mean if if what they're doing is trying to maintain their their wealth instead of trying to build or facilitate something, like I mean, I I get having the need to have some money to you know keep your bills paid, and, but after a certain point, I mean, what do you need hordes of money for? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, maybe people are like, well, I got to pass it down to my kids. I'm like, well, you know, I don't have any kids, but. <laughs> Well, fuck your kids. Let them work for themselves. <laughs> Let them figure it out. Nobody gave us uh, anything. Well, we everybody's dealt a hand, right? You know, you you. I didn't start out with zero. I had a I came out to California with a car and some clothes and some artwork and a supportive family in the in the, you know back home that you know they were rooting for me. So I I didn't come out here destitute. Yeah, but I, I, I I didn't, I didn't come out here with, you know, somebody buying me a house either or, or, you know, help, you know, getting me an apartment or paying my bills like my, my, my family didn't pay my bills for me. I, I I don't know if they even would have, they might have if I asked them, but I wouldn't it's like, I, I'm the kind of person that doesn't like to owe anybody money. I don't Mm -hmm. like to owe, I don't want people, not that I don't want to owe people. I don't like having things held above my head. Yeah. You know, like the sort of like, well, we paid for this and we paid for that. What are you doing with it? You know, like mm-hmm. they they couldn't say shit about me, you know, struggling on the boardwalk because they didn't pay for my education and they didn't pay for my, they're not paying my rent. Right. So they don't get no say. They can come, they can say, well, I wish you were doing something different, but that's all they had to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I owned what I, you know, you have to own what you do. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to, but I prefer to.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I don't like being at the mercy of, or, at you know, like obligate, I don't like being obligated to other people. for things.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I've had it happen to me before. And it's terrible. Um, someone holding something over your head like that. Uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's not good. Um, well, uh, I don't know. Where do you see this going? Where do you see this all going, Gabe? Oh, I wanted to say this one thing before, before we do that. Cause got to wrap it up. Yeah. Cause I know you got work to do and stuff, but um, uh, yeah, the, the NFT thing was kind of a fluke. You know, it was like, it was the, it was, it wasn't like, okay, we have this technology and now we're going to give the first use case for it. I think the NFT people started just doing it and then it took off and it was like the first time, the first use case, as far as I know, for, for blockchain or NFTs and yeah. um. So you know, it was kind of an unexpected weird thing. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, and it's like there's all these other things that can be used for it hasn't been tried yet. Like you know, groceries being or you know, uh, uh, consumer items well, being tracked while they're traveling in trucks and stuff well, like that.
1: And, it's it's going to be used to control and own your data. So like Facebook doesn't own it. You will you will have control over how your identity is used and and sold and That's a they cool won't be idea. able to yeah they won't be able to sell it because you will own the you will own all that information. It's gonna put that back in people's hands. That's kind of how I see the broader use of it. Mm-hmm. But like if you look at the way generally like things happen, like you know, say it's in a like a shitty neighborhood somewhere. First, the artists discover it, start making art studios and start making art and take over, making it a cool place. Then restaurants move in. Yeah. And and then rich people who want to be artists move in and kick out the artists because they can pay more rent. Yeah. And then people see that. Then uh, developers come in and tear down those buildings and build new apartments and luxury condos. Then it gets really expensive. and Yeah. And so so the artists are the first ones in (laughs) and then the first ones squeezed out too. (laughs) (laughs) So. The view I have for artists in the NFT space, um, is I, I don't I don't see it coming back exactly the same way that it happened to begin with. I I think there will always be art there, but I think it's going to get. Um, it was crazy.
0: Just so people know, it was crazy. Like yeah. people selling stuff for hundred hundred thousand dollars, millions of dollars. So. You know, even when you say it, you don't think it's going to come back the way it was. I still think because I agree, it's like maybe it won't come back as like it was, but no, I still but think I, I, I still think that there's a ton of money for artists to be made. Yeah, there.
1: I don't mean I don't mean that the money's not going to come back. I mean the way that it works is going to be different. Mm. I th- I think that the two the static two D images are probably not going to be as valuable as like three dimensional uh, OBJ files that you can put in a VR or AR headset and then watch watch a sculpture of something rotating on your on your uh coffee table right or centerpiece in the middle of your room or 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 you know a giant 10-story artifact in ar in your front lawn yeah yeah like that like really interesting interactive stuff is where i think it's going to come back as yeah Um, it's going to have experience people got to be able to experience it and right now nfts there's there's not really a good experience you can have with it other than you get to go to events and meet people who also have nfts which is fun but you know that's not practical everyday experience right right like you know a piece of artwork or like a painting or a sculpture might have in your in your place people buy artwork because they want it to be in their environment and they want to they want to see it right and and uh, right now it's not really offering that kind of an experience and so the, there's a lot of people developing games, like video games and stuff like that around it. There's, you know, people are developing clothing lines and you're going to see clothes with big QR codes on it. It's like it's going to get, <laughs> it's probably going to get really garish for a while. It's going to get kind of gaudy and, and just, ugly, you know, weird stuff. But eventually I think it'll just be really in the background and operate on, on a lot of different things.
0: I should get a, a series collector on here to interview. Get their take like on things.
1: Like a like a traditional or no like a like or... an
0: NFT like an NFT collector because it's such a weird. Yeah. I've had I've had uh, Chris Velasco, I've had collectors on here before.
1: You should reach out to YVR trader. Yeah. He just put up or, a, uh... a new digital gallery that looks really pretty slick and he's got a bunch yeah. of different art. Had a bunch he's of been in the space it. for a while, and you know, he's collects a wide range of artists and comfy projects devil. And...
0: Com Comfy Devil, maybe he's he's yeah, at,
1: anybody you might know.
0: Yeah, I'll have to see if they're interested um they probably won't want to show their faces though
1: Oh, well, they can put on their uh board ape yacht club halloween mask <laughs> you can just digit you can digitally in post just superimpose their board ape yacht club over them <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i could do it in post
1: i'm surprised they're not doing that they're not making digital avatars of their of their uh of those projects so that they can superimpose them in in uh you know, live I've, chats. Or I'm sure chats.
0: somebody, I'm sure somebody's doing it. I'm sure it's being done someplace. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, friend of the show, Gabe Leonard. I
1: hope, it, I hope it, we didn't go too deep into the weeds with it, like a, you know, I realize there's a lot of complicated language that's involved with it and I just we're kind think of more more hip to it maybe but. yeah
0: but I, but that's how people learn though and I think you know as what I hope hopefully I have heard heard no pushback on the nft stuff uh because I'm I'm like very from the get-go I've been very like I'm always like I don't know if I should talk about this I'd say it on the podcast I don't want people to hate yep. me I don't know if they're interested but um uh I've gotten only good feedback about it and I think it's relevant. Well, yeah. wh- whether 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 you're into it or not, it, it's it's a technology that is going to affect the art world, whether traditional artists or digital artists or whatever. It's a new technology. Big galleries, you know, big mainstream galleries like uh Christie's yeah. and stuff, they're all they have NFTs. It's, well, part,
1: broad, it's part it's part broadly of the what it's doing. Part yeah, probably yeah, what it's doing landscape. is it's turning distribution models on their head for for like Uh, music and videos and art is turning those distribution is it's giving it's empowering creators to get more credit and more value out of what they actually create right rather than being squeezed at the bottom and getting nothing and creating all the value and all the what they're creating is the product which is what is making all the money and they're getting paid the least in a lot of situations it's going to be able to turn that around quite a bit it's changing the power dynamics yeah, I mean, which I, is great. I can see that in, in my business, what I'm doing already. I, nobody's doing NFTs in the gallery scenes that I'm working with, but I can see that the overall power dynamics are sh- shifting and artists are not even <laughs> lining up to get in galleries, which means galleries don't have a bunch of people to go to as much as they used to. Right. Um, although with a lot of digital art coming into the scene, there's going to be a whole new tranche of artists that they could help facilitate and distribute their artwork. Yeah. So yeah, distribution know. models are gonna change the ownership of your information. Like that's why I say own your artwork and own your data. That's what it's gonna facilitate quite a bit. Yeah. My in my view.
0: Yeah. I mean this is the lesson that all the uh all the uh musicians of the the old early rock and roll musicians learned is like hold on to your publishing, that's where the money is, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I figured I, I dawned on me early on that I don't want to do a bunch of work for everybody else. And then when I get old I don't own anything that I created. I could right. I, I own whatever money I managed to hold on to.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But but the right owning the rights to your work and the way that our copyright system works in the US and a lot of part of the world, that's where you, you can you can make the money is being able to control the rights and how you disseminate your work out to the public.
0: Absolutely. That's where it's at, man.
2: Well,
1: right. I'm going to put my gum back in my mouth then. Okay.
0: Sorry. I didn't mean, I, I really <laughs> was just joking. You could have chewed. You could have chewed. You weren't like you weren't, you're not a loud chewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even hear that. All right. Well, thanks Gabe. It was great right. to talk to you as always yep. friend of the show comes on periodically that means that um you know we're the dark art society podcast is a big deal now because we have a a friend of the show a regular who comes on from time to time you'll have to do
1: like ed mcmahon that shows up on the night show
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you'll have to do like guest hosting when i'm out of town i'm never out of town
1: (laughs) you want to lose subscribers
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks Don't hang out. Say say goodbye,
1: audience. Goodbye, audience.